Episode number five. Oh, this, this is episode number five. Wow. Yeah, it is. This is Dreams of a Better Day podcast. And today we have an extra special treat for you. By request, meaning Ben and I both requested to do this movie. <laughs> we did. We watched just last night, God's Not Dead. And what a movie, huh, Ben? This was, this was a special occasion. Uh, this was one I'd never seen before. I do remember there was a big hoopla about it when it first came out everybody was talking about how great this movie would be social media was buzzing a when flame this it was yeah. yeah my computer almost caught on fire <laughs> it i remember because my brother was, went to a, a christian school at the time and they actually i think maybe the whole high school went to like a matinee showing of this movie at oh, wow. the theater so people were very excited about it and social media anyway people i knew gave it rave reviews they thought it was Incredible, which I will say, I mean, all the stuff we're going to get into, barring that, the production quality of this movie. <laughs> barring the rest of yeah, the movie. <laughs> barring the content, script writing, and all of those sorts of things. The movie did have decent production quality. I think yeah, better, even better than Fireproof did. Oh, yeah. Because the, I think the movie had like a $2 million budget, which fairly substantial for a movie like that. Yeah. And Lionsgate actually produced it, which they, they've made... They're a pretty big Hollywood okay. company. Yeah, and I mean, you had some big name A list A listers in there: Kevin Sorbo, who used Ooh. to be Hercules, and Willie Robertson of Duck Dynasty. That's right, is in this movie. Duck Dynasty makes an appearance, so that's exciting. I think seriously, when when you oh, and Dean Kane from Lois and Clark, who played yeah. Superman. Yeah, Dean Kane was in it as well. But I think when we look back at this movie in like. I don't know, say like a hundred years when... No one's going to remember this movie a hundred years. as far as people trying to figure out, what, what was American Christianity like in, you know, 2014? Yeah. This movie contains Duck Dynasty, it contains the Newsboys. Oh yeah, it's right. It's just a whole melting pot of... It, it is evangelicism of 2014. This, this oh, movie captures that. Absolutely. So... In a way, I'd say it's a pretty important pop culture piece oh, yeah. for the evangelical church. Man, you're making me actually rethink that I, my <laughs> review of this movie now. <laughs> no, don't think so, too much into it. Before we get into it, though, probably helpful to read a synopsis of the movie just so people can follow us as we talk about it. Yeah, this is very brief because all, I, could, I only found one on IMDb that was, you know, even just short enough because a lot of them are really long. There's a lot of plot lines in there, this movie. There are a lot of plot lines. And so... A succinct synopsis was kind of difficult to find, but IMDb has a nice short little blurb. All right. College philosophy professor Mr. Radisson's curriculum is challenged by his new student, Josh, who believe God exists. And that's the shortest one I could find because, like I said, I don't want to take so much time to read. Yeah. Because all of them were at least four or five paragraphs long because there's... How many plot lines were there? Four or five? Let's see. You have the uh, the girl who's a Christian living in a Muslim family. Mm-hmm. You have Josh and the professor. Then the professor and his girlfriend. The professor and his girlfriend. The, the reporter. The reporter. 
And her boyfriend, who's played by Dean Cain. No, uh, is that her boyfriend? Oh, yeah, it is her boyfriend. Yeah. And he's also the <laughs> brother were, you of... Were, you were confused about the reporter the, <laughs> the whole, whole movie. movie. <laughs> Every time she was in a new scene... I was scene, like, who is this girl? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, is, wait, oh, that's a reporter. Oh, yeah. I like I had like momentary face blindness with yeah, her or something. Right, I was yeah. just like, I could not remember who this person yeah. was. Um, so the movie <laughs> opens with uh, Josh Wheaton, uh, not Josh Wheaton of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Yeah, that should be understood. Yeah. It's Josh Wheaton, uh, evangelical Christian, entering into yeah. college at well, it was Hadley University. Yeah. So I don't know if that's real or not. I don't think it is. Probably not. Nothing in this movie was real. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. So he's a pre-law major, needs his humanities elective. And decides to take Philosophy 150. But he has a crucifix on his necklace. Yes. Or just a cross. cross. Crucifix has Jesus on it. Right, yeah. And the guy who's signing him up for classes looks at it and he's like, warns him. Sort of like the soothsayer in Julius Caesar. He's like, ah. Beware. Yeah, beware. (laughs) Beware Professor Radisson. He doesn't like people like you. Essentially. going to old man Radisson's class. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so he's he's going to old man's Radisson's class, and this student warns him, no, he's not friendly to Christians. He shouldn't go, but he decides to sign up for the class anyway because it wouldn't. He couldn't do anything else with his schedule, as I recall. Right? Yeah, it was you know typical college scheduling, always a hassle. Yeah. So he decides to sign up for this class, and that's really then we jump to another character at that point. Yeah, that's when we also see the the girl who lives in a Muslim family, she arrives, her dad drops her off on campus, mm-hmm. and when he drives away, she takes off her uh, headscarf. Yeah. So, she's clearly not into the traditional Muslim right, yeah. it's, stuff. It's, Which, it's, at this point, we don't know it, but we find out, come to find out later on, she's actually a, a Christian. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, we also have Amy, the news person. Yes. She's just, she's this atheist reporter who... Does she? Is her mission to just like blog about how much she doesn't like Christians, or because both of her interviews, she has two in the movie, and both of them are just basically like asking these prominent Christian people gotcha questions. Yeah, she's she's not. She doesn't have a lot of integrity as a reporter. She's just kind of like. Well, she is an atheist. That's true. Yeah, and what we definitely learn in the movie is that. Atheists are just really bad people. They are, yeah. No moral code. It's just a bunch of ne'er do wells. <laughs> but so, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah let's want to start with the the first college class with Professor Radisson. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's a lot of just establishment of plot lines. Because <laughs> yeah, oh, we were, it was, it we was were, very convoluted. We were a ways into the movie, and I turned to you and I was like, you know, who who are these people? Because there yeah. were just like so many different plots starting. That yeah, and there's so many people, and you're confused because just like the like fireproof, there's just not a lot of subtext. Yeah. So they they just established that these people exist, but I, I, uh. <laughs> so Josh Wheaton gets to class. Professor Radisson, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Professor Radisson comes in, introduces the course, but. Yeah, it's, yeah he, so the, the class is like the, the introduction to the philosophical tradition or something mm-hmm. like that. So your standard, you know, intro to philosophy class, basically. That's what it seemed like to me. And he begins the class by naming all of these philosophers. 
And he's like, guess what all of these philosophers have in common? They're all atheists. So what we're going to do is rather than spend, you know, a bunch of time wasting time on talking about philosophy's interaction with the existence of God, we're going to skip all of that and get to the real meat of philosophy, which is atheism. Which, I don't know if you're familiar with philosophy, but for the first, you know, couple thousand years of human history, the study of philosophy was essentially doing theology. Like, you were yeah. philosophizing about God. So if you're teaching an intro to philosophical traditions class, and you decide to skip the question of God, you've just skipped, like, a couple thousand years of the philosophical tradition. He disregards his entire discipline, basically. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, how far back does he... Like a hundred or two hundred years. Yeah, right. Like that's the time span of all the people that he's mm-hmm. he's teaching. Yeah. And so, in order to get to get oh, all right. the students yeah. on board with this uh, this statement of we're going to throw most of philosophy into the garbage, he has them write a pledge. He said, "I need you to just write on paper." God is dead, and sign it with your, you know, sign it, and then hand it back in to me. And he wanted them to sign it in blood. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, not really. It's so he, all these students start just on scrap paper, just God. It, yeah. I, was, I don't know. I thought it was funny that he didn't have like a form. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. All these students just like writing on scrap paper, God is dead, and then signing their name to it. Yeah. Then they hand it in. But Josh refuses. And the professor, this professor is presented as such a villain. Yeah, he is. Because he stands imposingly over Josh, and he's like, We're, you know, where's your where's your pledge? And Josh is like, I can't do it. And so the professor sort of ostracizes him, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, you can get out of the class, or you have three 20-minute time slots in class to defend and debate with me about the existence of God. Which, I, I don't know. I haven't been in a lot of... I never had to take a strictly philosophy class in college. I just don't think that this is how it goes in even in, you know, yeah. at secular universities. Right, at a, like a state university. Yeah, I mean, so he the professor is just a jerk. He is yeah. extremely rude, extremely condescending. I mean, he is, he is an atheist. atheist. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's awful. But I have to give him credit for one thing, which is he was willing to let this kid get up and make three 20-minute speeches about why he thinks God does exist. Yeah, uh, it is. So gives him a platform. Which that, that would have never happened in any of my philosophy classes right. at Geneva. Yeah. If somebody disagreed with the main premise of the class, you'd kind of just be like, okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So Josh refuses Yeah, he refuses to pledge, sign. and he decides that he's going to do this these three 20-minute, like, mini-debates. Yeah. And then we are introduced to, in the next scene, the most um, unsympathetic character in the whole movie. Just villainous. Yeah, um, even more than all these atheists. Yeah, yeah, really. The true villain of the movie is Josh Wheaton's girlfriend. <laughs> Josh Wheaton. I can't get, get over his name. <laughs> she is awful. She, the worst. She is the worst. That's right. Manipulative controlling and oh my goodness oh. it's worth watching the movie just to see how terrible of a person she is written to be oh yeah um, i mean she so she finds out that josh is going to do this thing and they're in lunch they're in line at the lunch yeah yeah they're the cafeteria. in the cafeteria and she wants him 
to just sign the pledge and do it because she doesn't want or switch classes. Yeah, because she doesn't want his future law career to be ruined by by failing a bad grade in his humanities elective. <laughs> right? Yeah. And oh, so uh, yeah, she she's not not happy that he's chosen to do this and she's like i've got our whole lives planned out together Yo, it's so ham-fisted like the controlling aspect of her she's just like i have our whole lives planned you're gonna be a lawyer and which i think we can fairly assume that she has chosen this career for him so that he'll make a lot of money i'm not sure I, it's hard yeah, to tell Obvi- i mean obviously he is like uh he is he does do good research for his debates i yeah. suppose i mean yeah so maybe he does have that. He does have that lawyer touch, I suppose. Yeah, but. and and the 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 climax of this movie is a veritable Perry Mason episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so after we're introduced to this girlfriend, we're established that Josh is in an unhappy relationship. They've been dating for six years. Six years. They were like youth group. Yeah. Youth they group. met at a newsboys concert. Yeah. Youth group sweethearts. It couldn't be any more perfect. Yeah. Um, it was all a dream. Yeah. And then finally, the, the the journalist plot line. Well, no, it doesn't really start to take off because, well, sort of. Uh, I don't know. Well, she wakes up and she's like hungover and ha- she's late for work and she yeah. has to get to. To give her interview with the Robertsons. Yes. <laughs> this is the best scene of the movie because uh, Willie. And, and his wife. Oh, what is his wife's name? I don't know. I can't remember. I never watched Duck Dynasty. I didn't either. I had, oh, I had to read one of their books for a college class at Geneva. <laughs> it was bad. But uh, Willie Robertson and his wife are at a speaking engagement. They're going to a, like a, a school or something where they have a speaking engagement. Oh, I thought they were going to church because he invites her to come in. I thought they were on their way to church. Oh, maybe they are. Yeah. I don't know. I anyway, so, they're on their way to something. Yeah, and she asked them, what, what kind of questions did you call it? Gotcha questions. Yeah. Like, about... Killing praying, ducks. Killing ducks, how that's, like, inhumane, and how praying on TV is offensive. Yeah, yeah. Like, both things that... I don't know, I always felt like with Duck Dynasty that people were kind of, like, looking for there to be a group of people who were offended by their Duck Dynasty's prayer on TV. I, I don't even know if there was that... The, yeah, that. I, I mean, the people who would have been offended by Duck Dynasty, I think most of them probably weren't watching Duck Dynasty. Right. It's not a show that really, you know, appeals to the... But Willie... segment of society. We'll Willie Robertson responds to these questions, like, in a, a long, very, like, PR type of response... And it's, there is a, literally there's a scene in the movie giving Duck Dynasty a platform to defend their practices <laughs> of faith and duck hunting. And that was pretty much, I think, the, that was the meat of the scene, is yeah. that Duck Dynasty gets to defend themselves. And yeah. it's undeniably the, my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and really, they didn't, there was nothing about Duck Dynasty in the rest of the movie except a little segment at the end. There was no uh, yeah. reason for them to be in the movie, except I guess they just wanted to like support the movie. Right, yeah. But there was no cause for yeah, that. My question is, too, how many people were questioning whether or not to go to this movie, but then they saw <laughs> Duck Dynasty? Oh, Duck Dynasty's in it. We better yeah. check this out. Yeah, I, I, got, I got the $20 to spare. After the Duck Dynasty scene... I almost wonder if we should, instead of going chronologically through the movie, just focus on the individual plot lines. Yeah, that might be better. Because <laughs> there are so many of them. Yeah. We'll be jumping back and forth if we try it any other way. Yeah. And so, do you want to go back to Josh then? 
Well, he's sort of the main plot line. Yeah. So let's let's do the surrounding ones first, and then yeah, we'll and get, then we'll get the back end. To all of them come together, so we can talk about all the. Yeah. So the reporter goes back and she writes her blog post. I think she's just like an anti-Christian yeah, blog blogger. writer. I mean, the blog she's writing for is called The New Left. Yes, yeah, so, uh, it's called The New Left, and she's just on this mission against like Christian organizations, people like the Robertsons and evangelical Christianity in yeah. general, and newsboys. And, yeah. She does not like the newsboys. So she, at some point, goes out on a date with her boyfriend, who is played by Dean Cain. Yeah, who's a lawyer, I, I think. Or is he a... No, he's some I guess kind of a high-rolling like, stock yeah. market. Yeah, he's some kind of broker or something. Yeah. He is Gordon Gecko. Yeah. And he also, like the professor, is a villain. Yeah, just an awful person. Only cares about himself. Only talks about himself, yeah. really. has But... He is, he is an, an atheist. atheist. <laughs> so it makes sense. And so they go out to dinner? Yeah, they go out to dinner. Well, no. no the, the, they, are there two dinner dates in the. Oh, no, he has a phone conversation. Yeah, the, the phone with conversation her, is the first thing. He is so full of himself. Someone stole her GPS. And so she's asking him for direction, like brief directions on how to get somewhere. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. He basically tells her it's not worth my time. Yeah, I'm, I'm too busy. I've yeah. got, I'm making moves, wheeling deals. Yeah. I don't have time for you. And yeah. that's where the scene really ends. Yeah, and then he invites her out. To, it says, let's have a oh, dinner yeah, date. We're, we're having a dinner date. Yeah, and then, then she has a doctor's appointment, right? Yeah. And the reporter finds out that she has cancer. She definitely has yes. cancer. Yes, she got the results back. And she has nobody except her boyfriend. And so yeah. they go to this dinner date um, after she gets her test results back. And he's he's about to be made a partner at whatever. Yeah, okay. He, he has for. a big, a big career changing event happening in his life, and then she has cancer. Yeah, but she tries to say something. He's like, uh, "Can you wait? I have. I'm still talking about this." She just blurts out, "I have cancer," and he's like, "Can we not do this now?" Or something. <laughs> yeah, he literally, literally says, "Can we not talk about this tonight?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. And obviously, she's like, "What?" And I think she, I think she says, "Did you hear what I said?" Like, yeah. She's, and then he he dumps her. He's such an awful yeah. person. This wasn't part of the agreement, is what he says. Yeah, yeah. he's like this. It, it's like this. It reminds me of like uh, Christian Gray from like Fifty Shades of Gray, with like that whole agreement that he has, like the uh, the girl side. The fact that you even know this makes me think a lot less. I of read you. Wikipedia, okay. But uh, it's it's almost like he had her sign some kind of weird contract where if you get cancer, weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had him take out the like a contract with a big red void stamp on it. <laughs> so he, although I mean, to be honest, that's on the level of what happened here. It was as though he took out the sheet of paper, which is like stamp. No, yeah. That was basically what happened. And so it establishes this reporter is totally alone now. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have anybody else uh, in. The, at all, like no family and no friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's lost she's a, a lot. Of she's it. a liberal blogger. She has no friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she has dedicated her life to the cause and lost a lot of connections along the way. Yeah. So, and so that's sort of left at that. She's very lonely, and she comes back near the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, she tries blogging again, and has like kind of a breakdown mm-hmm. because she's just she's lost directionless has cancer she's mm-hmm. upset you know understand afraid to die yeah, yeah yeah so that's her plot line and we'll, we'll come back to her at the end of the movie mm-hmm. 
And then we also have been referring to this girl who is a Christian living in a Muslim household. Yeah, I'm not sure. Aisha, I think is her name, right? Yeah, I think that is her name. Yeah. Aisha, um, I gotta say, her plot line is, um, well, her character is probably the most interesting besides there's one other character in a side character in Josh's storyline. That's interesting. But she's like one of the high points of the movie, I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, she goes to college, we mentioned. She takes off her headscarf when she's at school because she doesn't... She's a Christian. She doesn't really agree with that practice anymore. Mm-hmm. And there, she basically... There's a scene that shows her listening to music when she gets home one day and she lies down on her bed and switches it to a like a sermon. Yeah, it's Franklin Graham. Yeah, Thank a Franklin you. Graham sermon. Is that sermon. Billy Graham's brother? Son. Son? I think Is so, yeah. son? I think it's his son. Who's the guy who's in charge of Liberty University? Oh, that's Falwell. Falwell. I, I, yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, so yeah. it's a Franklin Graham sermon on the First Corinthians 13, Something. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's like in the like irony because it's about love and then she does not experience, experience that. Yeah. yeah, okay. But yeah. then her brother, okay. her brother for some reason after his sister closes the door, looks at the door and he's suspicious. We have not... There's no reason for him to be suspicious that we know of. Right, yeah. We have no idea why he would be suspicious, but he, like, barges, sneaks into a room. She's fallen asleep to this sermon, and... (laughs) The truest part (laughs) of the movie, really. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and he grabs the iPod from her with the headphones still on it, which... That's probably the main reason why she's mad, because, you know, when the headphones get ripped out of your ears... And so she runs and grabs it from him and says, you can't tell anyone. Do you understand? She says, swear to me that you won't tell. And then he gives this pathetic nod and then runs away. Yeah. Well, he's going to tell. Yeah. Because fast forward um, a couple scenes later, she's in her house and her dad is, the kid gives the dad the iPod? or does the He dad, just told him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she's listening to a sermon when her dad barges into her room. He takes the iPod and then he hits her around a little bit yep. because he's so upset and infuriated that she's uh, turning her back on their the, faith. Their faith. Yeah. And he kicks her out. A yeah. pretty, I mean, fairly raw scene. Yeah, it, it, was. it was. And then, like, throughout the entire movie, I wasn't, like, invested in it at all. Except in this scene, I was kind of like, whoa, this, this hurts to watch. Yeah. And so they... He, he, they're in an apartment building, so he like drags her down the stairs, throws her out of the apartment building, locks the door, and she breaks down crying on the stoop. But then we sh- we see the dad; he just sits in the stairwell and starts crying mm-hmm. as well. He was the only non-Christian character who was portrayed even semi-sympathetically. Yeah, but it was right after he hit his daughter, so it's also not a great, exactly. not a great look. Yeah. No, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I I was. I was sort of pleased that they at least didn't just make him out to be like a total villain. He yeah, like he he did what he did because he felt like it was the right thing to do. And obviously, hitting someone like this isn't right, and hitting your child isn't right. Yeah, but uh, like they they didn't just make him look like this evil demon guy. It was right. Just, yeah. So that was because he's not an atheist at least. Right. Yeah. So he's not. He at least believes in a god. Right. So. Yeah. So. Um, then the the girl goes to the church that she's been in contact with, I oh, think. Yeah. And it's another plot. Line. It's, yeah, pastor. <sighs> we'll so get many to it. Yeah, yeah. But, and she she goes to meet with Pastor Dave, who yeah. is the he's right, like the youth pastor, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what it would seem like, or at least like the young adult pastor. And yeah. so he meets with her uh, with his friend, who's a pastor from Africa, I think. Right? Yeah, a missionary. Yeah, a missionary. Yeah, and so. 
that's established. Uh, the reporter's lonely and has nowhere else to go. The, and this Muslim, well, ex-Muslim girl who's now a Christian has nowhere else to go because of her family kicking her out. Yeah. And in one of the recurring plot things that happens in multiple plots is that somebody references the passage where Jesus says, if you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my father. Yeah. And if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the father. And so that happens yeah. in like Dave, Pastor Dave reads that to yeah. her because that's essentially what she's done here. I think Pastor Dave definitely shares those kinds of posts on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. He's reposting the, like the Toby Mac yeah. uh, graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. <laughs> I forget what they're called now, but I, I can't remember either. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so and Pastor Dave, um, he is also a figure in Josh's life as well. He's a figure. Yeah. I think he, he makes an appearance in every single character. Oh yeah, he does, line. doesn't he? Yeah, except the the blogger. Yeah, except the blogger. He doesn't make an appearance in her. Anyway. Line. So that's the that's Aisha's story, mm-hmm. and again we'll come back to her. She comes up, she comes back at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um. Well, what other plot? We might lines as well talk there? about Pastor Dave's little adventure. Yeah. So Pastor Dave and uh, Jude is that the guy's name? I think I can't remember. Yeah. So Pastor Dave and Jude, I believe his name is, are trying to take a road trip They're to d- Disney World <laughs> <laughs> because Jude's never been, and so he really wants to go. And so they try to go, but their car doesn't start. And then they go to a car rental place, and the guy drops the car off, but the car doesn't start. I think this happens three times, mm. that their car doesn't start. Yeah. Um, and so they're not able to go to Disney World. And it ends up being integral to the plot, because Pastor Dave is able to stick around for events that unfold yeah. throughout the movie. So, in this plot line, there's not a whole lot to it. I mean, it is basically just these two guys who want to go to Disney World. <laughs> But when the movie begins and they're talking about going to Disney World on vacation, I was like, are they taking the youth group with them? Or is yeah. It, well, yeah. No, this is just two grown men who want to go to Disney yeah. World. Yeah. And it's, I guess, I understand that the guy's never been, but it's just, it's funny. It's these <laughs> yeah. two dudes just like, yeah, let's take a road trip. And it's like 12 hours away. It's a long yeah. trip. So that it just never works out for them. And yeah, they, they do not make it to Disney World. Yeah. What was his name? Yeah. Right was that the movie. only tragedy in the movie, ultimately, that they didn't get to go to Disney World? think so yeah oh yeah um i mean the the guy beating his daughter okay all right (laughs) i take back what i said but yeah so they they continue to try and i feel like those scenes are supposed to be like the comic relief in the movie yeah for sure they they knew what they were doing was like when they made the movie this these scenes were kind of funny like it it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously that these two guys wanted to go to disney world Mm -hmm. yeah but so that they continually try throughout the movie and they get this car rental and there's another in random plot line introduced with the guy who delivers their car that he's going to be in a performance of uh death at a funeral was it death of a salesman death of a salesman oh, yeah, that's right funeral. That make yeah sense. <laughs> oh yeah yeah this he's guy's gonna be late for his audition yeah, but- <laughs> his answer is so funny too he's like it's like, oh, I got an audition. Audition for what? He's like, oh, me and the boys are putting on Death of a Salesman. <laughs> he just has like this this gang of guys he hangs out with. I want to see that movie. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> this is this is the thing. We saw this in Fireproof 2. And uh, pretty much every movie we've watched so far, these minor characters are not given enough screen time. Yeah, they're far Whether more like interesting the, and the movie should yeah, have been about them. The, the, <laughs> the Christian girl got kicked out by her Muslim father. That would have been a very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. And the even the whole the reporter's life, that would have been interesting too. 
The problem is I wouldn't have wanted the same people to make it because it would have been so ham-fisted. As, I think ham-fisted is kind of one of our keywords on this podcast because yes. it keeps coming back up. But anyway, that's the that's the, the issue of the Pastor Dave and Pastor Jude. One of the questions I had during these scenes was the rental car guy shows up, delivers the car, and... It's not clear how he's planning on getting home because he yeah. just drops off the car and yeah. he's like, all right, guys, thanks. And he's standing and there filling yeah, out his paperwork and they're about to drive away. Yeah. If the car hadn't started or had started, I don't know where he was going. Like he was just oh, stuck yeah. there. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, he's stranded. Yeah. And it doesn't show anybody followed him no. or anything. He's just a very bad car rental person. <laughs> or a very good one. That's true, yeah. Satisfaction guaranteed. That's true. So that's that plot line. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out, the pastor looks like a youth pastor version of Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. He's got like the... the, Is his hair bleached? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like bleached hair in the same like middle part style that Nicolas Cage does. Yeah. I... I think I said he looks like Owen Wilson. Yeah, he kind of does. Wow. (laughs) The car won't start. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I think those are we've t- so we've touched on all those plots. So want to get back to Josh then? Well, I, we have Mina, the sister. Yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, Dean Kane's sister, like the big businessman who dates the reporter. His sister is a Christian who dates the atheist professor yep. Radisson. Yeah, and we're introduced to her calling her brother. Yeah, to go see their mom. Uh, yeah, her mom has dementia. Yeah, and it very very deep into it as well. Yeah, and. Uh, her brother doesn't really want anything to do with it. She calls him, well, you know, you want to go see mom? He's like, no. Nah. Yeah, She's been he, sick for a long time. Yeah. He's like, uh, if you can go and ask her what three plus three is, and if she gives you the right answer, then I'll go and see her. He's he's an atheist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And so she is lives at the professor's. No, she doesn't live at his house, but she's there. Yeah, I, I don't know. Unclear on whose house that. We're was. basically introduced her as his girlfriend when um, he comes home and she's preparing food for a dinner party he's having for all of his uh, professor yeah. atheist friends. And so that's and then I have to say this was the only moment where I thought they were going to give the professor like a little bit of humanity when she's with him and they're kind of talking about stuff and she mentions that she left the wine in the car and he's like oh that's okay yeah and he he's like it's fine no big deal I'll you know I'll go get it it's not a, like I, I thought okay they're gonna try and make him seem like a nice guy with this with his uh, girlfriend and like maybe the professor thing is just like this persona he puts on right yeah but no no the dinner party scene yeah um so his first of all his girlfriend is just sir like it's so it's funny to me that they portray like this progressive <laughs> liberal arts professor as a totally like misogynistic like <laughs> he is because you would think that especially in, fr- in, in just for the sake of saving face in front of his friends who are also like progressive yeah. And, you know, more liberal that he would not want to reveal that he actually treats women the way that he does. Yeah. But she's just the server at this. She is serving food. She is not sitting down to eat. She's basically yeah. like the Christian help, I guess. <laughs> and she so, even makes a reference to being yeah. the help. And so um, he starts just making fun of her in front of everyone about her, her religion, about how she's Christian. Mm-hmm. Um 
Because when they all go to drink the wine, it has been sitting out in her trunk all day. Yeah. And so... So it's nasty, yeah. I guess. I, I don't... I'm not a, a connoisseur of wine. Me So I, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But these guys so, could tell. Yeah. Bunch of classy, classy atheists. So yeah. they know their wine, and they know that... This wine has definitely been left out in the car for too long. Yeah. Somebody makes a, a, a clever crack about the grapes of wrath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the entire dinner party's like... <laughs> it's so intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> that really is. There's a couple of times that happens where somebody will quote something in, like, Latin, and everybody, yeah. all the professors are just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh... This is presented as such just like nimrods. Yeah, horrible people. And and they are just buying into the professor's treatment of her. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. All the professors start making fun of her and mocking her and yep. doing their little yeah, she little quips. Oh, he starts talking about the fact that Josh is doing this thing in his class. And she's like, well, I'm a Christian. And, you know, and the professor, who is her boyfriend, mm-hmm. is like... Well, you're a work in progress. He's just all totally... Of start, all of them start laughing. Totally dismisses her. Yeah. Oh. And so she leaves the dinner party. Yeah. She finally is just like, well, the help is leaving now. And she just walks She's off. <sighs> and then she goes and talks to Pastor Dave about the issue. Yeah. And he's like, well, this person is treating you badly, but Jesus loves you. She specifies to him. That he is verbally abusive towards me. And he does not address that at all. Yeah. Well, she's I, like, well, he's, he's, when, when I do bring up religion or whatever, he's verbally abusive. And the pastor's like, oh. Yeah, I think he, I think he was, I thought, I had the same thought while I was watching it. But I think he was trying to address it by saying that, you know, Jesus actually cares about you for who you are. This person obviously doesn't. And I think the implication was lose this guy. Yeah, but I... But that was never really clearly stated. Yeah. But that's what she uh, eventually yeah, does. She true. goes to him and she's like, we're done. Yeah. And he's very distraught about this because he won't allow it, is essentially what he says. He's like, "I'm, you're not allowed to leave, is his argument. But she still leaves. So yeah. that that happens. And then he's, he's distraught over this, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Because that plays into the climax of the movie. So back to Josh Wheaton. I think we're, yeah. Did we cover all the other plot lines? I think so. I I believe we have. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh Wheaton gets these three 20 minute debate sessions with the professor. And he does a lot of research for them. He reads a lot of books. But what's weird is when he's talking to his girlfriend, he does make the statement. He's like, I just feel like God wants me. What is yeah, God's he? telling me to do this. God wants to me to do this. To defend him. Yeah, to defend it him. It just, I don't know. I thought it per- painted this portrait of like God being this like insecure, like, like impotent. Kind right, of, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, was, I don't know. It's, I mean, good for I mean, I, it is good for him for sticking to his guns and going through with the debate, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, stand up for what you believe in. I, yeah. I respect that. But I, I do agree with you, and I think that that's sort of the underlying message of this movie was essentially that like God can't defend Himself, so you need to go do it for Him. Yeah, that is, that and is it, it presented a an, a picture of Christianity that was completely trash, in my opinion. Yeah, and you didn't like it. No, um, I didn't. I didn't really care for his arguments either for the existence of God. I I was pretty pretty 
unconvinced by them. Yeah, well, like, do you want to get into it? Just I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time, but yeah, it'd probably be helpful at least right, to well, touch on certain. This things. isn't like a theology podcast, but I, I guess it would be helpful to talk about this a little bit. So he makes three different presentations, and I think the the gist of the three different presentations are. Um, so, like, how can something come from nothing? Um, wh- what's the basis for moral standards? And why does God allow evil to exist? Those were kind of the three big questions that he addresses. and All very common, yeah, common arguments. Pretty that, common objections yeah. to the existence of God. His first big thing about how can something come from nothing, he mainly spends his time with the theory of evolution. Which, so if Josh wants to be a lawyer... He's made a, a clear mistake here, which is he's not answering the question. Like, there there are some Christians who will argue that the theory of evolution is a pretty good model, but that God is directing it. Mm-hmm. So even if you've disproved the theory of evolution, you haven't proven, you know, the question that you're trying to prove, which is, does God exist? Right. You've just pr- disproven one particular explanation for how life has gotten to where it is now. Yeah. So he's not really dealing with the question of the is- existence of God. He tries to make an argument if something exists there has to be something that created it and therefore you know god exists Mm -hmm. but one of the students in the classroom is like well then who created god and he's just like well we on we assume an uncreated god and doesn't go any further with that obviously you can't get into like deep philosophical conversations in a movie but you know they're you can make arguments about necessary existence and contingent existence, and then you have to get into questions of, well, why isn't the creation necessary and things like that, yeah. which they sort of try to get into. But again, Josh wasn't really dealing with the question of the existence of God. He was more disproving the theory of evolution. Yeah. The uh, why does God allow evil to exist? His answer is essentially free will, which is a really, in my opinion, not great answer if you're trying to defend the existence of God. Because essentially what it says is that God is out of control of most of what happens in the universe. He's got no power over any of those things. And so if the God you're positing is a God that doesn't have control even over evil, then what kind of God is that really? Right, yeah. And he could have... I think the movie would have been a million times better if he went the route that Augustine does in, I think it's in City of God or maybe in Confessions. But Augustine talks about evil as not existing. It's just the privation of good. It's the corruption of good. So evil isn't like the substantive thing that God had to create. It's just what humans have twisted out of the good things God has created. And I think even in a a movie like this, you could have brought that up. And it would have been a really good way to point to all the other plot lines and show how they've twisted the good things that they have hmm. and they're that's what where the the evil is coming from in their lives the debate over moral standards was actually not terrible i thought that was pretty good like so he he brings up the example if i cheated on my test you know why should professor radisson say anything about that because i've just done what's you know been most successful there's no moral standard outside of god and then radisson says so does that mean we need god to be good and that would have been a great great place to talk about good God being goodness. He, yeah. he isn't just like we need him in order to be good, but he is the standard of what is good. But that, that they never got that far with it. So all three of the questions I didn't think were really super helpful in proving the existence of God. Right. These... And in the, the climax of the debates in the, the college campus, it really just comes down to an emotional appeal. It's... Oh, that, that's... That, w- that is what was so frustrating 
about this movie is just the emotional appeal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost, I think every plot line kind of ended with, you think, some semblance of that, where it's just this big, like, emotional crescendo. Mm-hmm. But it's like, they like, there's potential for substance until the resolve, there's yeah. no substance whatsoever. It's just like... Yeah. So it's in totally emotional. in Josh's little lectures, it always comes down to the professor is like, so you, a freshman philosophy student, are disagreeing with Stephen Hawking, a scientist. And so if he were a real philosophy professor, he would recognize that that's the fallacy of an appeal to authority, appeal to authority. It's not really a good objection to an argument to just say, well, this guy's a, a science professor and you're but not. His tone of that, too, was like super condescending. Ad hominem, too. It's just yeah. like like these sneering, like, hey, you freshmen. It's the way I used to talk about freshmen when I was like a junior in high school. <laughs> it's like, that's the, what was so It's just like this professor cannot contain himself in any of these debates he Mm -hmm. always it always just ends up being him doing something that's sort of acting on his emotions yeah he's just which it would have been interesting if they could have had some like you know professor who was like a a real person yeah they always it's always presented like like it's just like these people yeah they're just unrealistic yeah they're just total monsters there is a great scene during the debates though i think it's during the first one when he's getting up to give his lecture or the, the student is giving his defense of God and the professor sits down next to this student and Josh says, a theist, talking about people who believe in God, you know, believes, etc. And this girl next to the professor raises her hand and she's like, what's a theist? And the professor <laughs> looks over at her like, I have completely failed <laughs> this class. <laughs> it's it's one of the few humanizing moments he has although maybe if you hadn't skipped the entire history of philosophy she'd know what a theist is so it's really your failing professor addison so that that sort of is how his plot line josh's goes he's making these arguments for the existence of god and his girlfriend continually gets upset with him more and more as he continues to do it because she thinks that it's going to ruin his college career yeah so she dumps him she's just like we've been together for six years and it's our anniversary yeah and then he like spills some of the books he's been reading by accident yes i love love, like she has that look on her face like it's almost as if like she's like a a dirty mag yeah yeah, it's like like you were at the five and dime again weren't you but he's like but it's it's these really like good like intellectual books and she's upset about it which i think is interesting because that's sort of i have encountered that attitude in evangelicals some evangelicals almost like an anti-intellectual oh yeah yeah for sure and so i think that is an interesting point in the movie where i think that was actually kind of like a realistic portrayal of the way some evangelicals view uh intellectualism in general yeah and i mean the movie itself like we've said it's just all these yeah ends up being totally emotional it's not there's no substance and if you think about it all of the all of the the bad guys are you know a successful uh, stock market guy a successful liberal arts professor a su- maybe successful blogger yeah. uh, give her the benefit of the doubt that she gets some views <laughs> so like it's really pitting like your every man your freshman philosophy major or not major but student against you know the the evil professor the um, the the girlfriend who has cancer 
against the the high rolling stock market guy. Like there's definitely like a class thing. Yeah, happening, for sure. Which is also part of that anti-intellectual thing i think in evangelical thought it's like you know you have the the white collar versus blue collar i mean willie robertson is yeah. blue collar to the to a t although i think really that's just a character that is being played but we can yeah. talk about that some other time yeah anyway but yeah there's definitely that in the evangelical movement and it's very clear when he like spills these books and she's just like Oh my! Yeah. He's reading, you know, philosophy. Yeah. God forbid. <laughs> and, and so she dumps him. But kudos to Josh. She he doesn't play into any of her her manipulation. Her... Yeah, like yeah. she totally tries to manipulate him too. It is one of the most awful things I I've ever seen. Like the way she like tries to like. She's like real touchy feely. She's like, oh, let's just not do that. And then when he's like, well, I've got to defend God, and she just immediately changes to like it's clear she's just trying to manipulate him. Yeah, and the cherry on top in the breakup scene is when she's like, and I knew my mother was right about you. <laughs> like they've been dating for six years. Like right about what? Like that's what I don't understand. Like you have he's that he's a good Christian going young to man. class defending his Christianity in front of a bunch of atheists. Or, you were you know, right, Mom. He yeah. loves God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Oh, my. And then, but who's him, though? He just kind of says, okay. And he, yeah, yeah, he just has like, a real, right. like, bro moment. He's just like, eh, okay. Yeah. And then the breakup is final. She doesn't yeah, And he does. He's like, you've made this all about you from the beginning. He he gives her what she needs to hear. Yeah. Her uh, comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> so they break up, and then he continues to make his arguments. Mm-hmm. And then... Which... Are we ready to get to the culmination of those arguments? I think so. Let's talk a little bit about the substance of his arguments. His final argument is that it's, Professor Radisson hates God. It's a, it's like the reporter. It's a real gotcha, yeah. like question because he's like, he's like, he's like, Professor Radisson, let me ask you a question. Why do you hate God? And then the professor's like, I'm not even entertaining that question. Yeah. And he's like, No. Why do you hate God? Which is great because that is a. Uh, one of those questions I can't think of a complex question I think it's called so it's like me asking you so have you stopped beating your wife yeah right yeah <laughs> and he it's oh, it's like it's like the scene in Goodwill Hunting at the end where he's like it's not your fault it's not your fault have you, oh wait, you haven't seen that movie, oh, seen that movie. Benjamin <laughs> but it's sort of similar to the two or three listeners we have who have seen that movie. It's sort of similar to that, like just the repetition of a statement or question until Professor Radisson, he breaks down and he's like, because he took my mother away from me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, is, it is the classic every ending of a Perry Mason episode yeah, where he's right. like, why did you commit the murder? Why did you do it? And then the person finally yeah. is on the witness yeah. stand and they're just like, because I hate it. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> So kudos to Josh. He's gonna Josh make a Wheaton great lawyer someday. <laughs> yeah, and so the professor breaks down, and then Josh. What doesn't he say something like, "Isn't that interesting that you don't believe in God?" And like you, you yeah, hate how him. can you hate like, someone? So we that find out exist. the atheist professor isn't an atheist. He's just he just hates. God. He's just hell bent on. Just, he, he just hates God. Yeah, being a jerk basically, yeah. and ignoring thousands of years of philosophy just because he's he's mad yeah which that, that is the substance of his disagreement with god is god did mean things to him therefore he doesn't like god for that which really doesn't make sense because it's shown earlier on in the movie 
that he has a really good understanding of the book of Job. Like, he has passages of it memorized. And if you've read the book... He grew up in a Christian... His mom was a Christian. Yeah, his mom was a Christian. And if you've read the book of Job, that's the very question that that book is answering. Why do these horrible things happen? And God... Like, that's what the book of Job is about. Why horrible things happen to people. This argument is that like i all through you know i went to christian high school so like that was always like the ultimate you know uh argument against atheists they're just mad at god Mm -hmm. they're just mad at him but i uh, sure there are atheists who probably have that kind of attitude they're mad and so they so i guess they're not really atheists then but i mean a lot of atheists are just atheists they don't believe that there is a god Mm -hmm. but this they just which that would have been Oh, again, more substance. They could have had much more substance in the movie if the guy was actually like a... And Although, he just didn't believe. In, in fairness, I think there is something to the idea that it doesn't matter how many intellectual arguments you have with somebody about the existence of God. If someone is going to really be converted to Christianity, it's more than just, oh, you know what? Your, your argument about an uncaused cause makes sense. I'm now a believer. Like, there's more to it than that. So in that sense... It's fair to, like, they did it in a really ham-fisted way here yes. with the why do you hate God yeah. question. But there, is, there does have to be some kind of spiritual thing happening right. for a conversion to Christianity. Yeah. Right, right. But the way they portrayed it here was just not, yeah. not very realistic. And then, so, after he gives the gotcha statement of, you know, how can you uh, hate someone who doesn't exist, mm-hmm. he then turns to the student body and is like, so, jury, what do you think? Does God exist or is God dead? And then... The first one to stand up is, is Martin, Martin. Who we haven't even talked about yet. No. Yeah, he's probably the most... He, he and the the uh, ex-Muslim girl who's now a Christian. They're probably the most interesting characters in this movie. Yeah, Martin... Martin's an ex- is a student from China. Yeah, he's from the, the People's Republic of China, Yes, he says. So, you know, obviously he's always probably all but required to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, and throughout the movie he has some conversations with his dad about, you know, the discussions about God existing. Mm -hmm. And he's calling his dad in China. And his dad's like, hey, you can't talk like that. You don't know who's listening. Right. China's very, you know, communist, atheist. They, like, actively crack down on churches. Um, Which they even mention that in the movie where he's like, remember our friend who had that house church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's slowly like he's hearing these arguments for the existence of god he's coming to believe in it and then at the the final moment there when josh has shut down the professor he stands up and he's like god is not dead and then there's what 80 some people in the yeah. class every single one of them stands up and yeah like, god's not dead it's just yeah it's a definitely an allusion to uh dead poet society it's a very oh captain my captain kind of moment <laughs> i was thinking spartacus but yours is probably a better reference no i like that one <laughs> i'm spartacus and so they does, does the professor just leave then at that point? He walks out. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he like storms out of the class. He's so he's so mad. I guess mad at God for letting these events unfold. Yeah. So he leaves, and uh, I'm trying to remember. So and then he decides that night. Yeah, that night because his girlfriend has dumped him. She shows up at the college. Yeah. When he's talking with his uh, yeah. atheist friends, he. She, he has been dumped by Mina, the Christian girl that he was dating, who we should mention was one of his students. Oh, yeah. It, that's real. Like, he, it's like the way he treats her and 
the way he's super dismissive of her, and the fact that she was one of his students. It's all, it's like really creepy, like he was grooming her. It was a very strange relationship there, but he is an atheist. Yeah, so yeah, benefit, benefit of the doubt, because you know they, that's just how atheists yeah, are. Right. So and, so the the movie finally all the plot yeah. lines culminate. Yeah, they there all, is they all converge on a newsboys concert. That's yes. Yes. Um <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. They all so Josh goes to the concert with Martin. He invites Martin yep, to the right. the newsboys concert. The reporter goes to the newsboys concert, which usually she would have gone to just ask a couple gotcha questions which she does start out doing that's right yeah but then one of the newsboys is like you didn't come here to ask us questions did you and she like breaks down and tells them that she has cancer so they they ask they're having these conversations about God and stuff and then one of the newsboys asks her where do you find your hope and she's just like shut down Mm. she doesn't know where her hope comes from and that's yeah and then one of them says you know you didn't come here just to ask questions did you you were looking for something and she's like how did you know that (laughs) and so um they they pray over her right before they have to go out on stage Mm -hmm. the professor decides to go to the newsboys concert (laughs) so so he's in his office reading the the god's the God is dead papers that he had them fill out at the beginning of the class. I guess he was grading them. Yeah, right. He's, he's I don't know, checking for spelling or punctuation or something. So he's, he's grading that that assignment that he handed out. And then he reads a letter that his mom wrote before she died. Which has obviously been open and closed a lot of times. Yeah. It's a pretty uh, gnarled piece of paper. Yeah. And she just says that she hopes that he'll become a good Christian man and all these things. And then while he's reading that letter, he sees in the background on a newspaper that's like half covered up. It's just like, you just see the letters boys. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, huh? And like slides the paper aside and he's like, a newsboy. Christian rockers newsboys in town for concert, I think was the headline. (laughs) And decides that he needs to be at this. Maybe he thinks that his girlfriend will be there. Which is, I mean, I guess he's desperate because I mean he's gonna have to find, find a couple look, thousand people at this right concert. yeah so he he is on his way to the newsboys concert yeah and, and so at this point Pastor Dave and Jude have got a car that's working now yeah and so they're on their way to Disney World yeah and get caught in traffic because of the newsboys concert yeah and Professor Radisson is on his way mm-hmm. to the concert walking it starts to rain. Yep, he stops at a crosswalk, yep. does everything right. Light, you know, the the yeah. walk white uh, comes on. Yeah, comes on, and he starts to walk across the street, but a car just bit comes <laughs> pro- just probably a drunk right driver, into him. <laughs> and it just comes barreling through the intersection and hits him, and then he lies. He on like the goes pavement. flying up into yeah. the air. It was amazing. Slow mo. Yeah, and he lands on the pavement and. Uh, Pastor Dave is right there at the intersection at the other light. He gets out of his car. Yeah. And this, this is the big conversion yes, moment. It's the big conversion Professor scene. Professor Radisson. Yeah. He basically, he does he prays over Professor Radisson or has him. Yeah. He has him do like kind of a little sinner's prayer thing, except there's no sin mentioned, which was interesting. It was just like, do you mm. believe that God exists? And he's like, yeah, I do. And then he's like, okay, pray to Jesus to save you. And then he does. And then he, he dies. Yep. So Professor Radisson dies at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. He also becomes a Christian. Do they 
announced it at the concert? No, no. they don't know that he died. At the okay, concert. I couldn't remember. But that then Willie Robertson. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Willie Robertson. Yeah, appears. Duck Dynasty comes back. Yes, they make another appearance. They're on the big screen in the concert venue. And Willie Robertson somehow heard about Josh and this professor, and so he congratulates Josh for defending the existence yeah. of God. And then he t- tells everyone, everybody, get out your phones right now and text all your contacts. Yeah, so if you're listening to this episode right now, get out your phones, text all of your contacts, God's not dead. Yes. And listen to Dreams of a Better Day podcast. Yes. Yeah. You can send one message to, you know, everybody. Get yeah. the message out. Yeah. Um, and so... They do this texting thing, and then so that's, that's the end. When this movie came out and was in theaters, did you ever receive any text messages from like people who went to see it that said God's not dead? I don't remember getting any, so I don't think I did. Okay, I remember getting at least one. I can't think if I got more than that, but I do remember getting one from one of my friends, and I had no idea what it was about. I was like, okay, yes, <laughs> you're right, he's not. <laughs> Uh, and then he, the guy texted me back. He's like, yeah, I just saw the movie. It was really good. Uh, uh, that's what the, the last, the, the scene with Willie Robertson, that's the last Yeah, that's scene. like the last it scene. It blacks out and then the movie tells you to text your friends. Text your friends. Yeah. Uh, God's not dead. Yep. And that, that really brings the movie to a close. We've resolved all of the plot lines. Dean Kane, the brother, eventually does go to see his mom mm-hmm. and he's... Like, you know, I'm an atheist and everything's cool in my life and you're a Christian and look at you. And then she has like this prophetic moment yeah, where she's like, you know, sometimes the devil just allows people to have wonderful lives so that they don't become Christian. Which, Which is- we, we talked about this is that the movie references Job a couple times. Yeah. The whole premise of Job is that <laughs> the, the devil- God is the one who lets <laughs> yeah. the He's devil the one in charge. do things. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that first like chapter of Job is, I think, one of the most interesting passages in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like God's the one who brings up Job in the first place. It's yeah. not like yeah, Satan doesn't even bring him up. Satan shows up and he's like, it's it's that passage in Job is so interesting. I don't like we're not uh, yeah. not a theology podcast, but Satan shows up to report to God essentially, like you know, here's what we've been doing, and it's very clear who's in charge of the yeah. situation, and. God's like, well, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah. Like, he's the one that brings it up. Yeah. And Satan's like, well, he wouldn't obey you if you let me touch him, but he's you haven't let me do anything to him. Yeah, so it's definitely, there's a big disconnect there because yeah. she makes this claim. Yep. So she, she makes it sound like the devil's running things. That's already, it's already been refuted earlier in the movie yeah. by, by just by bringing up the book of Job. Yep. Really strange. Anyway, yeah. he, he receives the God's Not Dead text. And just kind of throws his phone aside. Yeah. Like, I don't care about that. Uh, so cl- there was one atheist in this movie who did not become a Christian. Mm-hmm. And it was Dean Cain's yeah. character. He's just... Nothing happens there. And that's... Does he think... I don't know. I don't I don't wonder what is... It's interesting that that's the character who... Which, again, it's like that class thing. Almost, like the... The high roller. Success, yeah, the high roller. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe it's... I don't know. I think... I'm glad they did have one character who... At least one who didn't become converted because it would have been like I mean the entire classroom stands up and says that God's not dead. There would there wasn't one guy in the class who was just like really. I mean yeah, super unrealistic. Oh, one of my favorite lines of the movie. So um, when uh, Jude and Dave go up to Professor Radisson, he's been in the car crash, 
and Jude gives a super specific <laughs> diagnosis. Because oh, yeah. they don't touch him. They just kind of like look at him. He has his clothes. Like you can't really tell. Yeah, you can't see. But he's just like, oh, his, his ribs, ribs are, are crushed. crushed. His lungs are filling with blood. <laughs> but you know that. Exactly, yeah. There's no... And it's not like he's, he's not coughing up blood. There's no... There's no indication that that is what has happened to the professor, but it's this super specific <laughs> yeah, diagnosis. Yeah, it was amazing. He, that guy should be a doctor if he's not, because clearly he yeah. knows something about the human body. Yeah. But I, what I was saying about Dean Kang's character, I like that they did that because he is the guy who's just like successful, has no problems. Like there is something to that kind of thought. That yeah. the, the people with no problems in their lives aren't the ones who are really well off. Mm-hmm. It's the people who suffer. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want the tests. Yep. I guess. Yep. Like we see in Job. Job was mm-hmm. also, I guess you could say, not a high roller, but he was a very successful oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. He was rich. Mm-hmm. And it's not until, well, I mean, he was also faithful before, but it's not until suffering comes that you really figure out what people are about. And mm-hmm. this guy never faces any suffering. So he's just like, whatever, it doesn't matter. So that, that was sort of authentic, at least. Yeah. And that's God's Not Dead. It, it was, a I lot of say, things happening in that it movie. It was paced all right. Yeah. Like when we're talking about Fireproof, that movie was so slow and methodical besides the introduction of the five or so different plot lines at the very beginning yeah the pacing was pretty good pacing yeah. was pretty good the production quality was good yeah. this movie the acting was like, wasn't even that bad no they had some no it was no but i think we talked about this i guess before we started recording the just the script writing as far as the 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 substance was lazy yeah like they yeah. The writers didn't seem to be that interested in really getting to the the meat and the heart of yeah. the the God question. Yeah, and people who are listening to this probably have figured this out by now, just by the way we've been talking about the movie. But none of the atheists in this movie are real people. Yeah, they're just they're just they're caricatures. Yep, just like horrible, awful. I'm I'm sure that there are some people in real life who are like this, but it's not necessarily because they're atheists, because there right. are a lot of Christians who are jerks, too. That's the thing, is... <laughs> and, I mean, I've heard this from people... I've experienced this, too. Like, atheism is the nicest people I know, compared mm-hmm. to, like, how... Yeah, I don't know, because some Christians are big jerks. Yeah. I don't know, maybe... Yeah, so it's... It would I, it would have been interesting if they would have addressed that, too, if... Although know, maybe Josh's girlfriend. That's true. But yeah. I, it's never made clear if she's a Christian or not. Because she's like, you can defend your faith if you want to. That's true. But So maybe she's not a Christian. I don't But yeah, none of none of the atheists in the movie are real people. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just like you said, caricatures of yeah. like these villains. Yeah. So that's that. And again, it never really addresses the question of like proofs for the existence of God. It's It's... Like everybody who is converted is converted. One, you know, you have cancer, and everybody left you, so you're converted. You have um, your girlfriend leaves you with the professor. That's really why he's converted. Yeah. The the Chinese guy is probably the only one actually that has like a normal kind of like he hears of God's existence. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, like, I, I believe in a place that he ordinarily would never have. Yeah. I mean heard those arguments at all yeah and he, and his his statement is a statement of a of belief it's not just that he's hurting and needs something and it's not just that he's scared of dying 
he's like, I believe this. Yeah. In a way that the other characters aren't. Yeah. So there is one at least. So that's that's really the, the movie. I guess we can get to the guiding questions now. See, All for it. Yeah. See what's in there. These questions are different every time. So <laughs> what truth did you find in this movie? Well, there's, I mean, certain elements of Josh's argument. I, you can definitely find truth in that. Mm-hmm. I think I, and there, I, there, is, there is truth in the... The conversion yeah. aspects. I mean, it's, it's it's a complicated issue to completely disregard because it does happen. Yeah, and it's yeah. I don't want to make it sound like we're criticizing no, no. conversion to Christianity. So I, there, so I think there's definitely truth in that. There, yeah, capital T truth for sure. Yeah. What What about you? Did you yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Not, not really. I I really liked. Again, Dean Cain's just non-belief and just being proud of who he is. Like, I thought that was a really good portrayal of self-sufficiency. Like, I've yeah. got it all together. I don't need anyone yeah. or anything else. I thought that was portrayed really well. Even though earlier on in the movie, he is just awful. Yeah. A caricature. But that that in particular, I really liked the ex-Muslim girl's story. I thought that was done really well. Although this is sort of answering the second question. What did yeah. the movie get right? But yeah, the the... Portrayal of Dean Cain, I thought that was like, there was some truth there. So what did the movie get right? And I'll just answer because I was already in the middle of doing it. The the ex-Muslim girl story, the Chinese guy story, I thought both of those were done really well. And like, they got it. They got it right. Not much else, though. Because again, it's that big issue of their presentation of atheists is ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah. But all of them are just rotten people yeah and that made it really hard to take the movie seriously mm-hmm. did the movie change your perspective on anything i don't uh, think it really did because all the arguments used even were just yeah very were... common arguments that people make uh for like the, the god question so there wasn't like again i think lack of substance is definitely to blame for that mm-hmm. yeah does this movie raise any interesting questions about its subject matter? I think we've already answered no. Yeah, yeah, yeah they don't. They don't. That's the, the that's yeah. the, the uh, main problem with the movie. Is it, that it, it does not raise any interesting questions. It's just yeah, the same questions that are always used in hy- like hypothetical situations for like defending your faith or arguing against evolution or the existence of God. Yeah, I think there is one interesting question that the movie didn't raise, but that is raised by watching it. And that is, just because you've proved God exists doesn't mean that you've proved Christianity is true. Like, Josh could have, in his arguments, just made, like, the classical arguments for the existence of God. Had he done that, that doesn't mean that Christianity is—you've proved Christianity is true. You've just proved that a God exists. Yeah. But the assumption in the movie is that if you've proved a God exists— Christianity is therefore true. Yeah. And, and that's just not the case. Should this movie have been made? It, it could it have could, been made. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. It could have been I made. wish it had been made. Yeah. <laughs> it's Because it, it is interesting subject matter, but again, they just disregard substance for total emotional it, appeal. It reminds me of the common story that gets passed around on the internet <laughs> of the guy who's like teaching school and he's like, you know... Um, God doesn't exist and I can prove it because I can take this piece of chalk and if God exists, you know, this piece of chalk will break when I drop it on the ground. Have you heard this story before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so one student's like, I believe God exists and I'll pray that, you know, it doesn't. And if God answers my prayer, then the piece of chalk won't break. And the atheist's like, okay. And so the kid prays that the piece of chalk won't break. And then the, the 
teacher drops the chalk, but like a gust of wind comes or something, and so the chalk chalk falls at an angle and hits his shoe, and it doesn't break. And it's like this big gotcha moment for this teacher that hey, the kid prayed, God does exist, and it feels like this movie is a two-hour version of that. Yeah, story. yeah, it, yeah. It's <laughs> two hours of like collectively Christian standing on a stage doing finger guns at everybody. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Um, so I, I think if the movie had been more about, more like the story of the Chinese kid and of the ex-Muslim girl, if it had followed those stories and done them in an interesting, like compelling way, those would have been more interesting. Even the story of the college kid, you know, taking on his professor could have been done well, I think. So yeah, the movie could have been made, but just better. Yeah. If you were to recast this movie... Who would you choose? Owen Wilson as Pastor Dave. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I I would have liked to see uh, Willie Robertson played by somebody else. I think they should have recast him. I think that would have definitely... I think if they had made that decision, I think it could have been an entirely different movie. Yeah, really. If... Joss Whedon had played Josh Wheaton. Yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think there's really any other casting decisions that were bad. I mean, everybody acted well. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, Kevin Sorbo was perfect as the evil professor. He, yeah, he did. Like, he, he did nailed, play the part well. He nailed evil professor guy. Oh, for sure. Uh, what characters didn't get enough screen time? We've already yeah the Chinese kid uh, Martin and Aisha did not get enough screen time. They should have been the center of the movie. Yeah. Would you watch this movie again? I don't think so. No, I would not. No. Probably not. I would just start back to like the villainous professor. I just wanted to point out that scene where Josh is going to class in the elevator and the professor gets in the elevator with him is like breathing down his neck. Yeah, like literally yeah. breathing down and his neck. And he basically says, I'll destroy you. Like, in any chance well, you'll ever have He's afraid of this school. <laughs> this, I mean, not to sound like the professor, but this freshman <laughs> in his introductory level philosophy class, which... He has, he's a doctor. Like he he is well versed in this stuff. It doesn't make sense that he would be so afraid. Yeah, if you're that insecure about what you're teaching, maybe he's you don't intimidating. <laughs> and this 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 kid. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend this movie? And to whom would you recommend it? I don't. Think. I would recommend it to people like us, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're if you're listening to this podcast, yeah. I would say definitely give it a watch if you have not. Because, like I said earlier, it's it's. A evangelical pop culture piece mm. for sure. Yeah, if you wanna, if you want to, if I wanted someone to like understand what evangelicals are all about, this is the movie I would point them to. The only thing it was missing was Chick Fil A. There was no Chick Fil A oh, in the movie, yeah, which was right. unfortunate. But that would have that would have been the sealed the deal. Yeah, yeah, the last piece of the puzzle. Uh, did anything in this movie knock your socks off? I don't think so. Not really. Because yeah. it wasn't the thing with it. None of it was so totally ridiculous. Like, you know, Little Piece of Heaven knocked my socks off. The oh. whole premise of that movie. Yeah. But yeah, there this movie, the premise was interesting. Nothing was totally 
ridiculous. I think the thing that, if if anything, knocked my socks off in this movie was just how manipulative Josh's girlfriend was. Like, she was just the devil. It she, was amazing. She really, just really awful. Yeah. The, the way she was, like, emotionally uh, manipulating him was just incredible. So that's our guiding question. And, and time for some reviews. Yes, some I will say, I was uh, going through IMDb to find reviews. They were all very long. There's none of them that, like, they're all three or four paragraphs long. And there's a lot of Christians even that reviewed it who gave it, like, one star. And then, but then on the other side of the spectrum, there were some who gave it, you know, 10 stars. I think that speaks to the movie on how polarizing it is. I mean, everybody who reviewed it gave a thorough review. Because I guess everybody felt strongly. Which one of the reviewers, one just snippet I caught when I was... Uh, skimming through them he said this movie that's what makes this movie good is that it has caused all this discussion about it huh. which uh, you know maybe an int- a point of interest but it's yeah i don't know that, that it doesn't sense. undo the caricature portrayal of atheists yeah. and, if anything it's just like causing division where there doesn't need to be because you're, yeah you're making out certain people to be really bad people yeah and certain people to be really just good making people. certain gaps even wider mm-hmm. so here's one reviewer this was a one star review i'm only going to read part of it because like you said it's pretty long the idea can work if the screenwriters ever cared about that happening they put up a freshman against a philosophy professor but the professor obviously has zero ability in carrying a claim through the students raised a few ideas that could be developed, but that would require actually going into hard discussions that the screenwriter obviously doesn't want to do, since that would interfere with the idea that mentioning Jesus should win any argument. In the end, everybody accepts Jesus as their savior for no particular reason. There are several side stories that are not developed, have nothing to do with the story, and only confuse things, with the only thing that ties things together is the fact that they all meet at a Newsboys concert in the end. There's also the problem that the movie assumes that... Oh, yeah, this is what we were just talking about. That the movie assumes that proving that there is a god, which doesn't even get close to start discussing the question, seems to be assumed as being synonymous with proving that Jesus is the god. And while the way the movie goes, assuming any proof was actually going in, it could just... That didn't make any sense. It could just as well prove that any other religion is the true one, which Hmm. is a fair criticism. Yeah. Did you have any you were going to read? I I have a Um, a five-star review. Oh, you have a five-star one. Two two out of ten stars on IMDb. It's bad, and I'm sorry. I am a Christian pastor and genuinely appreciate the efforts of those who try to engage the culture in creative ways. However, someone needs to say this. This movie isn't particularly good. Although it may offer Christians some apologetic material, it will fail to engage the larger culture in any meaningful way. The reason for this is simple. Most Christians seem wholly unable to grasp the difference between propaganda and art. Art is a powerful but subtle tool that draws people in and causes them to question their assumptions without even realizing it. Propaganda is a blunt force instrument for communicating dogma in story form. Without any shadow of a doubt, this film is more propaganda than art, and thoughtful atheists will see it for what it is even if Christians can't. Wow. Perhaps... We need fewer Christians doing art and more artists serving Christ. There haven't been any decent Christian films since The Passion of the Christ and The Chronicles of Narnia. Wow. That's that was brutal, insane. but very good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh man. This is this movie though, you cuz your reviewer mentioned the like convoluted plot lines and the inability to focus. Fireproof had this problem too, where they just there's just a bunch of issues and they just yeah. try to tackle them all at once instead of 
sticking to or if they you know and the whole theme of the movie is like the debate I think that's probably the most important part of the movie but they don't they don't stick to it at all you said you have a five star yeah a five star review here Jim H writes as a retired lawyer I loved the battle between the nitwit liberal professor and the thoughtful spiritual student another must see five stars (laughs) (laughs) oh so it reminds me of that uh, that one Creed quote on The Office when there's that debate going on in the conference room and Creed's like, uh, I'm just happy to be a part of this. Great minds duking it out. <laughs> that reminds me of what that reviewer is saying. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I think that's all we really have to say about God's Not Dead. Yeah. There's tackled a lot of issues, got yeah, to none of them. Again, this was the, the first time we both of us have seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. I had never seen it before. So this was a... This was not a nostalgia movie. This was it's a, it was a big cultural moment for mm. evangelicals, so we felt like we should tackle it. Yeah. It was and, something. Yeah. If you guys have any comments about uh, the movie, you should feel free to let us know them. We're on Twitter at Better Day Cast, Instagram at Better Day Podcast, or you could email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about the movie, if you have comments or questions about it. And uh, let us know if you wanted to marry your parents when you were a kid. We're still looking for that yeah. that answer. Or if you ever tried to take on a professor at your uh, secular college. Or if he, yeah, because he gave you a pledge. Yeah. I want to know if professors have actually ever done this in an academic setting by giving a pledge to a bunch of freshmen. Yeah. Also, if you... Listen to the podcast and even somewhat enjoy it. It would be nice if you could go onto iTunes, leave us a review or a rating. That would be helpful just so we can spread the word Yeah, that we're doing this. Yeah. Keep on breathing into the fire. Keep on. <laughs> the the uh, smoldering embers of yes. this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we need somebody with some kind of poker to stir up the flames. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another movie that we haven't decided on yet. But we will let you know. So long. Mm